it's Jen the Builder. And Corey. And we're on Take the Elevator. I have lost count of these episodes. And thank you to everyone who listens to these episodes. Corey, we're at almost 300. I want to say we're fast approaching 270. And we have new listeners who reach out to us and say that they go back and listen from the beginning. Yeah, and that's so incredible because I, I tried it. I tried to go and, you know, we, we you know, recorded these uh, episodes. So I tried yeah. to go back and, and listen to them all. And Starting from the beginning? Starting from the beginning. Wow. And I get lost and have to figure out, okay, where am I at? And, and okay, that this episode was about, and yeah, th- me personally, it's a pretty incredible journey. It's a ride. It is. I, you know what, I've considered it almost like, journaling for me truly you know they talk about digital journaling some people journal by recording themselves and just speaking into it i think the last three years if i were to go back and listen it would really be linked to what we were experiencing real time and what some of the world was experiencing real time yeah and i can honestly say that we didn't go so deep that we were just a a offensive i'll use that word we weren't tried not to be that's for sure yeah we tried not to be but you could tell that the tone was set by what we were talking about and still authentically us though and there is a way to do that absolutely um because yeah so it's been a ride it's been amazing it's been almost three years and it's been the arena that we've been in and you know our arena for those who don't know us consists of Things like this podcast, which we've done since uh, COVID broke out. Um, I'm in the arena of growth and development. I do coaching. I work with leaders. Um, I work with people, period. My love, my purpose statement, which you wrote with me, Corey, is people placing everyone on positive levels every day. And so I love family. Um we put ourselves out there with creative work. I do a lot of my creativity um, by way of teaching on stage when I'm speaking and sharing a lot of my life, sometimes with people that don't know me. Right. Right. And so you just put yourself out there. Corey, if you could break down your arena, how would you describe it? Um, my arena is a little bit similar, but then a lot different in that way. I'm a um, self, uh, self-made self author yeah uh, i was um signed to a, a book writing company in 2014 it uh, since then it's went belly up and um I, I love writing i love words i love telling stories be it a, mm-hmm. a children's story or um just a story in song and music uh, i'm a, also a music writer and music producer and arranger and so i get to give my message through song now and through books and and also my teaching is through song and through books because there's lots of life lessons in a good written song, a well-written song. And so I, I get a chance to join Jen every now and again on stage to to give a, another perspective and a different point of view. And um, coaching is going to grow for us. So I currently coach. You and I are working towards coaching couples. Yeah. Um younger people which is a passion of ours too always have so that's coming next year but anyways this is our arena and Corey, man we came into two major quotes 
And you're like, Jen, I want to do that. I, I want I want to produce this show. Yeah. Like I've got so much to say around it. So I'm just, you know, really at your I'm I'm going where you lead us in this episode. And so when you want me to share quotes, let me know. But do you mind if I share the one by Brene Brown? Absolutely. I ran into I, I will be responsible. Okay. So Brene Brown. If you don't know her, get to know her. She's she's awesome. And this is what she says. You're not in the arena, man. If you can't say it to me in person in front of my kids, don't say it. If you're not in the arena also getting your ass kicked, I'm not interested in your feedback. And I said, wow, that is so heavy, so deep. Not not just because it's Brene Brown, which let me just pause and say what a phenomenal uh, inspiration she is as far as what she does on her platforms. And it's so inspiring and has changed so many different lives mm-hmm. for the positive, for the good things. And guys, let me tell you something. When you have people that are reaching to change the world in a positive light and doing something that's going to uplift us as a as a uh, society and you have a keyboard warrior at home hiding behind the screen typing mm. this vitriol and, and yes. all these negative comments that that's where that that comment come, comes from and so i i just think you know it you have to give pause to that and and speak on it a little bit you know because unfortunately we've all had to deal with it at some point in time yeah so let me give you some context around her and what you're talking about the keyboard warrior so uh, when she did her first TED Talk, she went extremely viral. Mm-hmm. And her people said, don't read the comments. Just let them go. What she did was read the comments. <laughs> right? We all do. <laughs> yeah. So she received critique as in, you know, she should be spending less time doing research more on Botox. Of course, she knows what what this is like. She's ugly you know, I feel sorry for her kids. I mean, it's not even about the work that she's doing. They were attacking her physical appearance, just going like, just mean. And Corey, we know what that feels like. Not not anywhere near the Brene Brown level, but we're all human. We all have feelings. We all experience the same emotions. Um, I've been critiqued for things like my voice mm. and that it it's like nails on a, on a chalkboard. You know, and so I'm like, what do I do with that? And that's just the realness of when you're in these types of arenas and you put yourself out there um, wanting to change the world one person at a time, one one listener at a time. Right. Yeah. Man, I'm sorry. I had to I, I wanted that to breathe a little bit, Jen, because, you know, when you say something so rude and so disrespectful about someone and an attribute that they cannot change. And you think you're really going to move a mountain behind that when you haven't even moved dust. It's incredible. And so that's why that statement connects with me so well. Um, It takes a lot of energy and a whole lot of thick skin to get through to someone like a Brene Brown. And we're, we're slowly building up that, uh, callous and that that strength to be able to push through some of the ignorant things that people are are willing to say and do let me ask you something jen because i I know 
Uh, that wasn't the only comment. And I don't mm-hmm. want to get into the negative right. comments. I, what I want to get into is the bounce back, the, yes. the strength. So yes. how is that? Coming fuel- back stronger than yeah. you were before, right? How, how does that fuel you to not only push forward, but even dig a little bit deeper and just get the heels really, really good and stuck in the in the earth to to do what you got to do? Tell me about that. Okay. So there's a lot there. I know. And so to be totally honest, when I first thought, yeah, it hurt. Yeah, it rocked my world. Yeah, I was like, how can someone be that mean? And, and it, I, you know, I think it's people who know my insecurities about my voice and know the medical history, right? That's why I think that's where it really hits me in the gut. And it let me know that, our greatest critics, aside from ourselves sometimes, because I'll take that ownership. I don't need people to help critique me when I'm doing it my own self. Um, is that it's people within your circle. Yeah. First of all, that's when I think when I think it really stung. And then I go back in life and I think of all the times that I've been knocked down and have gotten up where people surprised me, not pleasantly, but quite the opposite. And where I might have done that to some people, you know, um, not mean that way, but yeah. Um, And so you just think I've gone through this before. And then you recall every moment that could have brought you down, that could have stopped you. And you just kept pushing forward and just grateful for all the moments where I did push forward because without that, I wouldn't have been where I was later or I wouldn't have experienced what I did. So I really held on to that. And honestly, Corey, I score really high on assessments like Hogan's for being mischievous, for being creative. When I say I score really high, like 99 out of 100. Mm -hmm. So there's that mischief in me where it feeds me and says, okay, You really did just do that. Now you've given me fuel to really want to succeed, to really want you to hear my voice. Oh, you don't like my voice? And you can put the volume up, (laughs) and I hope the sound on the chalkboard doesn't really bother you too much because I'm still going to go. You know what I mean? So it's that kind of way where you have to use what's negative for your positive, for your vibe, for your energy to say, I must be doing something right. Because why you took the time to critique from whatever, wherever you're at, if you're critiquing because you wish you did, or you're critiquing because you're just a hurt person who's hurting people, you're a harm person. So now you want to harm people, whatever the case may be. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't mute me. It does opposite, actually. Yeah, and I, I was just thinking about that as you were speaking and trying not to think too hard on it because you know how you can do, start this process of thinking while someone's talking. I'm like, no, don't focus on that. Let her let her get all this in. But you know, the the thing about tough, strong, and resilient people, and I think we have a lot of those kind of people listening to the podcast right now. Is it's I, I almost was gonna say that it's impossible but i won't go impossible what i will say it is very hard to kick our ass harder than we're gonna we're gonna kick our own ass yeah it's so true we we are so the the kind of people that we are and and those of you that are listening 
you can just shake your head up and down. Yes, yes, yes. We are really tough on ourselves to make sure that we don't make a mistake the same way again. We're really tough and hard on ourselves to make sure that we show up the best way we possibly can and that we leave nothing. And I mean, absolutely nothing to be yeah. judged or point at, pointed at. And, and everything we have is left on the floor when we leave the arena mm-hmm. that we're working in and that we're trying to accomplish. So if there's any failure, it's not because of somebody in the audience. It's a failure because we dropped the ball and we're, we're prepared to de- deal with that ourselves. Right. And to even start anything big. And I know we have friends and listeners who've started things. Mm-hmm. And there's even resilience in that because you talk your way out of self-doubt. You really just say, I probably only have five of the skills out of the 10 that I need and I'm halfway there and I'm going to get the other half as I, as I grow through this. Right? So the negative talk has already happened within self. Yeah. And yeah, there is a bit of a jolt when the negativity comes from people. Um, and I do agree I have looked at those comments um, because our rating was at a five for so long and then it went down. I'm like, what happened? <gasps> How dare I, Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> Let me learn from this. Right. So, yeah. And so when we read this quote by Brene Brown, like it just, it just moved us. And everyone has their own arenas. I think at the end of the day, the arena that we're talking about that's collective is the one where you're in it to achieve, where you're in it to say good, bad, or indifferent, whatever losses I experience in this arena, it's worth it because this is my purpose, right? This is what I was called to do. This is what makes me move the way I move. Um, And so I want to give a little more context, if I may, because Brene Brown actually took her quote inspired by um, a speech that former President Theodore Roosevelt gave. And it was actually called The Man in the Arena. Do you mind if I read it? Absolutely not. I I would be glad that you read it. Okay. Um, It says it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end of the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Very well said. Very well written. Um, yeah, that, that's been my entire life. Uh, mm. to be in the game, to be in the arena and not to be on the sideline talking about what's happening in the game. And when I've gotten either too old to participate in that level or when my body has not allowed me, I found another arena yeah. to get into. I love that. And, I, and I think it's important that we continuously look for the arenas that we can get into and remember the fight, remember the struggle, remember the the tough uh, way through the jungle in order to 
be relatable and understandable to other people. Because when you're just sitting on the sideline questioning and, and pointing out and ridiculing, you're doing more damage to yourself than the people in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any moments of vulnerability on feedback that you might've received as <laughs> the shameless band or the writer of the music that comes from y'all? Absolutely. Uh, the thing about this world is that if you are planning on make it, it's, it's making it, it's determined. A lot of it is determined by so many other people. I mean, you can love the music and it's a, a success. You're an instant hit, you know, and you'll live in infamy in your own mind forever. But if you want to go to another level, sometimes you have to submit to curators. Sometimes you have to submit to uh, record companies and mm. record labels and um, producers and just all these different people. And yes, it's it's grueling. And so sometimes you submit to these people and they give you really great feedback and they give you this wide understanding of where you are and where you should be and where you want to go. And if you make it to this point, please submit again. Mm. And then you have the keyboard warrior that just tells you some really outlandish things. And you're like, and I'm squinting my eyes because some of the, some of the comments are insane. Like, um, there's a curator that I blocked permanently because mm. I just thought to myself, if I'm dumb enough to submit to this person again, I want a red flag to say, don't do this. Right. So I, I submitted one of the songs that has 72,000 downloads on um, Spotify and mm -hmm. a couple of thousand on, on other platforms. And so they listened to the song and their critique was, the lead singer shouldn't wear those glasses. Oh. He also shouldn't wear his white Crocs. And so that became a running theme amongst certain people. And so in a world where we are judged solely on musical production, musical content, vocal ability, and writing and arranging skills, this curator focused on white glasses and white Crocs. And it's a slap in the face as an artist because you're thinking, you know, I'm I'm submitting to someone who has some degree of credibility in the mm. world of music. And so from an average Joe, no big deal. But this is what your job is to do is to critique the music, to give good feedback on the music. And now you're a fashion expert. So yeah. Um, did it hurt? No, it was a little annoying, but it just, it, I, I, I told Danny at that point, I want you to buy five pair of Crocs. I want you to have Crocs in every color. I want you to have white glasses so bright and so <laughs> glistening that everyone has to be annoyed to the hilt. And so we'll start a cult movement where <laughs> the, the concert won't start till everybody has their white glasses on and, and some form of Crocs. And, and we'll be all just standing out. And, and, and that's what you do. You push people to do the extreme because of your one little hiccup. And that was one curator in France somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like what you do in seeking out people's professional opinion on this stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, 
we, I want to make sure we're clear that we don't expect just, oh, that was great. No, no. That was so wonderful. It's honest feedback, relevant feedback. Relevant feedback. Right? So we want, I want to make sure that to everyone who's listening that's been critiqued, that's been uh, put down in the name of I'm giving you feedback. Um, sometimes we're the people, you're the person who understands that there's no greater thing than to pursue passion, the things that excite you, right? Where you risk, this is very high risk type, type stuff where not only are you risking scrutiny, but you're risking defeat. You, you really don't know what your, your, um, what the outcome may be. Right. Um, and I think it's something to be said when it's about conviction. I think that's the word that I think of when I think of people that we know and in their arena, what makes them keep going is because they're functioning with conviction. And so when that happens, there's a resolve where the cause is great. And it's those things that eventually just keep fueling you um, because of the people that, that are being reached or people who are responding. Right. Yeah. And I just want to close my end of, of this conversation based on something that I learned at a, probably about 25, 30 years old, because as a, as in that age bracket, I was so drawn and so attracted to the taste of chocolate. I just thought, Oh my God, this is the best thing ever known to man. Every, if anyone doesn't like chocolate, it, there has to be something wrong with them. And so, um, oh, God. <laughs> right. Okay. P- pretty extreme, right? I love, yeah. Cause I know a couple of people who really don't care for chocolate. Exactly. And that's my point <laughs> yeah. because, um, I, I never, I will never forget this. Uh, I w- was with a group of people, and we were—I can't remember w- what ice cream shop we were at. It, it had to, no, I can't say it was uh, thirty-one flavors, but it was an ice cream shop. And so they were asking, "What are you gonna get?" And I'm like, "Uh, duh, like double fudge brownie." Isn't everybody gonna get this? And and people were like, "No, I'm gonna get pistachio. No, I'm gonna get." strawberry chip and i was like what the light comes on as bright as can be we're all different Mm -hmm. and we all like what we like and we don't know why we like i don't know why your taste buds crave vanilla and mine craved chocolate Mm -hmm. i don't know why the next person craved peanut butter and i and the next person craved jelly and so one person has a peanut butter sandwich and the other person has jelly sandwich but that's what makes us unique. That's what makes right. this world so beautiful. Yes. Everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's on a different yeah. playing field. Now, I'm not talking about You're the extreme. you getting me excited. Yeah. Yes. I'm not talking about the extreme things. I'm not talking about hurting people and, and, and tearing lives apart. But what I'm saying is like the, the differences in us that are good and positive to wear something that you don't like, but they love it. I'm cheering for that person. Wear that. Rock that. Enjoy that, you know, because that's who we are. Yeah. So I want to end with this quote, and it's not anything that anyone told me. I wish I knew this person who's referenced as a mentor. It's an article I read in Medium. Medium is an app for bloggers. 
And it's one of my most favorite um, subscriptions. I'm in there. So am I. <laughs> Ask me if I've written anything, because that's the next arena. No, someone's written about me. Ooh, no way. In Medium, yeah. Ooh, I'm going to look it up. Yes. Okay. So get this. A mentor tells his mentee, the higher the monkey climbs the tree, the more of his butt you will see. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> right? So what it means essentially is the higher you climb, whether it be the ladder of success or climb likes and followers on Spotify or climb more episodes on Take the Elevator, climb success in your career, and now you've promoted into management or whatever that is, whatever your climb is, weight loss right? That's another thing. And women, I love you, but women, we could be so mean to each other right. about a lot of things, right? So anyways, as you're climbing up the tree, the more of his butt you will see. So what it means is, is the more exposed you are um, to being judged, like the higher up you go, the more exposed your butt is. Yeah. So here's what I say. Appreciate the butt you see. And say, that is a great butt. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go quite there. Oh, come on. <laughs> nah. So I think it's funny, right? We open up with Brene Brown's quote about, if, about she mentioned asses. She said, if your ass isn't getting kicked, I don't want to hear it. Right. And we're going to end with the monkey's butt. You see how that works? I see how it works. <laughs> what are and, you, a storyteller or something? <laughs> and it's funny that I get to say this because, yes, we talk about butts on this episode and we take the elevator. We say, look up and let's elevate. elevate. You got a great butt, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> I am getting kind of up there, right? <laughs> <laughs>